Welcome, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I am glad you're here. So today what we're going to be talking about is this one approach that I feel is going to be a game changer for you if you are single, if you are dating here and there, if you're looking for your life partner, or even if you aren't and you're just looking to connect with really great people, people that you can honestly say, wow, I would love to be in a long-term relationship with someone like this. If that's you, then I want you to keep listening because in this episode, I want to share a method that will not only help you break free from constantly attracting people that are reflecting your past wounds or feel like you're ex in a different font or in a different body and relationships and connections that just mirror your past wounds, mirror your old beliefs about love and really don't reflect your new beliefs and your new desires for love. So so today I want to share this method because navigating the modern day dating world is not easy. There is all of these expectations There's all of these desires and these new technologies that play a huge part in how we approach dating now. And it can be tricky. It can be tricky and there can be a lot of things that we are handling now that we may not even have the tools to really handle or approach in a way that helps us feel like we're still showing up as ourselves we're genuine, and we're meeting people that really reflect our deepest desires. And so I feel that when we are struggling to navigate our love life in a way that feels authentic to us, in a way that feels empowering to us, and in a way that strengthens our self-confidence, what I find happens is that these disappointments in our love life take a huge toll on our emotional and our mental well-being as well so i think it's important for us to feel confident with the tools and the skills we have to navigate our love life so just about every day i talk to men and women countless hundreds of people that i've worked with around these effects on their mental health the disappointments the betrayals the heartbreaks All of these things and how they impact their mental health, their emotional well-being, and the challenges they face. So I want to explore two of the biggest challenges that I see people facing and how this is actually causing a lot of distress on them, but also impacting their ability to show up in their love life in a way that is authentic, in a way that is empowering. So I want to share these two, and then I'm going to get into the method that I feel is going to support you in successfully navigating this minefield, this murky water of modern day dating, and in a way that actually empowers you and gives you the confidence you need to know that you can create and maintain healthy relationships in your life. So by the end of this podcast, I hope you'll have a better understanding of what's going on and what you can do about it and feel more equipped to handle the challenges that come with this modern day dating world. So 
Let's get into the first challenge that I see a lot of people facing. And this challenge is the overload of information. So we are constantly bombarded with thousands, thousands of opinions and views and not only opinions, but also expectations. And these expectations are born out of our relationship to these social apps, these technologies. And so we're not only gaining insight, we're not only learning new things, but we're also on some level stressing ourselves out because on one level, some of the content I might be seeing may be empowering me, maybe teaching me new things about relationships. And on the other hand, it may be creating a cycle of perfectionism or let's say a new avenue for perfectionism. So I'm seeing, oh my God, this is what a healthy relationship looks like. This is what I need to be doing. This is what a red flag is. This is what a green flag is. This is what it means to be in the divine masculine. This is what it means to be in the divine feminine. And these are all opinions that on some level can support us But the issue is, is that they end up dictating our path. They end up dictating how we operate. And they also start to determine who we choose to connect with as well. And I relate this to astrology. So oftentimes in astrology, what I found most empowering about it is that it provides a map. It provides a guide. But when I allow this map to dictate my path, now I can become very paralyzed with too much information. For example, I might meet a Capricorn or a, let's say, an Aries. And based on the things that I've learned about Capricorn and Aries compatibility, I might be overly excited about this connection or I might really have my walls up. So you see, the information, if I don't see it as a guide, as a map, that I'm supposed to utilize, but also transcend and go beyond, what happens is then I walk into the connection, possibly with unrealistic expectations. Like I might project that, oh my God, this person is my person. I've, I found them based on what I've read about these placements and these placements. This is my person. Or based on these things that I've read, I might be ready to run out of that room everything that person says and does, I'm going to utilize it to reinforce these opinions that I've accumulated and the things that I've studied. So coming back to this information overload challenge is that it makes dating extremely challenging because we're constantly reading our moves, the person's moves, and we're evaluating all of these insights and behaviors based on all of this information that we've accumulated. So this is, for anyone, it's going to constantly keep our bodies in a full-on fight-or-flight mode. Like I shared with the example of me matching up with some Aries, that's going to keep me in a constant fight-or-flight mode. I'm like, all right, at any point I got to leave, this is not my person, or I'm constantly leaning too much into the connection where I'm anxiously grabbing on for some sense of confirmation that this person is my person. Now, when we're noticing this happening, 
we have to start to develop mechanisms for resolving it, for forming a conscious relationship to the information that we have available to us in this generation. Because everything that I'm sharing with you, I'm highlighting, I'm helping you visualize that this is all a recipe for overthinking. I'm coming to the connection with all of these ideas, these views, these opinions, and maybe I might even hold myself to an unrealistic expectation. And of course, I'm going to hold that person to an unrealistic expectation. Especially if this is a first date, I'm like, oh, this has to go this way. They have to text me at this time. And all of these things I have accumulated based on social media that are telling me how to approach my love life. So the issue here is when it dictates the path. Because even with red flags and green flags, what is a red flag for somebody might not be one for you. And what is a green flag for you might not be a green flag for somebody else. So this information is not supposed to dictate the path. It's supposed to be a guide for us. And that guide should always lead us back to ourselves, back to our bodies, back to our own innate desires and truth. Because what works for someone may not work for you. But you can only know that if you fact check the information based on your intuition, based on your body's wisdom. So if you're not fact checking what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're reading based on your own relationship with yourself, your body, your circumstances, your life, and the things that you want and the things that you've experienced, then you're going to be overloaded you're going to be paralyzed. You're going to have this a overload, overload of options, overload of information. So I find that this is something that people are really challenged with because what happens is it creates a spiral of overthinking and it also leads us to feel like we're not enough, we're not doing enough, or maybe we're projecting that onto the other person. They're not enough, they're not doing enough. And we're corroding and limiting the potential of actually having a genuine, authentic, and organic connection. What I advise is to create a healthy relationship with social media and the information you're consuming. How often are you consuming content that says 10 red flags you didn't notice in the first five minutes of the interaction? Or, you know, three signs that he's a narcissist, seven signs that she's going to cheat on you. That information, again, is not supporting you in elevating your love life because you already have a bias. People don't realize we have a cognitive bias that is essentially programmed into us. And that cognitive bias tells us that love is not safe. We will be abandoned. We will be betrayed. If the information you're consuming is reinforcing these ideas, you're not setting your next date up, your next relationship up for success. You're setting it up to fail because you're using the information to reinforce a specific prophecy. And that prophecy is one of abandonment. So look at who you follow. Look at what you consume on a day-to-day basis. 
how much of this is supporting yourself and reimagining your relationship to love and connecting to a deeper, more authentic relationship with yourself. So the next challenge that I noticed that people face is this dopamine addiction. So dopamine is known as the happy hormone. Dopamine is seen as a hormone that is essentially responsible for seeing rewards and giving us the energy to take action towards them. So it's known for generating intensely pleasurable feelings and can be addictive. So dopamine levels are known to skyrocket when there is an anticipation of a reward. So what does this mean for dating? So a lot of people are dating and using social media and these social apps and these dating apps to essentially be the medium between them and their successful love life. And what happens is we are in a fast-paced, let's say, fast food culture. So there's no deep depth of quality within the matches, within the connections. There is that dopamine hit of seeing a match, swiping left, seeing somebody you like, messaging them, and getting these hits of reward. And that anticipation is amplified by this layer of uncertainty. So it's like, oh my God, are they going to be it? Is this going to be my person? Are we going to have a great time tonight? Uh, Who will I match with next? Is that person going to reply? Will they reply? Do they like my Instagram post? Do they like my profile? Are they dating someone else? Does this mean that they're attracted to me? Are they going to message me? When are we going to have our second date? This feeling of uncertainty, and it is amplified by this anticipation of some kind of reward, right? They're going to text me back. We're going to have a great time. We're definitely going to have sex now. There's all of these things that we're essentially anticipating. And this creates a chase. And so a lot of people are in relationships with people that is essentially just built off of a chase. That push and pull, that runner and chaser dynamic. And so what happens, especially coupled with these attachment styles of the avoidant and the anxious, this just creates a recipe for an emotional roller coaster and a a loop, a loop where we're constantly uncertain of, does this person like me? Are they into me? Are they going to commit to me? Do they want to be with me? So this is all just generating more anticipation and more uncertainty. So the hit of dopamine is even strengthened by this relationship to that pain and that pleasure that we're experiencing here in this roller coaster. And so the struggle with this and why it is a challenge when it comes to dating is because at a certain point, you have to recognize that your body is enjoying this drama, this roller coaster. It has become addicted to this roller coaster, to this drama, this movement of emotions, this pain and pleasure, this push and pull, this chase and this 
uh, oh my God, they pulled away from me. Now I have to lean in and chase them. Oh my God, they're chasing me. They give me too much attention. Let me pull back. Your body and nervous system has essentially become accustomed to this, the release of this type of dopamine, right? So the reason this is a challenge is because a lot of people are talking to me and telling me about the depth of connection they want to experience, that they bring me into this fantasy of love where there is a force and they're hanging out, they're together, they feel at peace with the person, they feel at home in their bodies, they feel a sense of safety and connection with the person. In that world, in that dynamic, in that fantasy where that's taking place, that cannot really unfold and we can't really create that if we're addicted to drama. Because what will happen is what I often hear is that people talk about this state that they've entered in with a person that they were interested in, where there was peace, there wasn't a lot of arguments, there wasn't a lot of fighting, and they realize they were bored, that there was no spark, that there was no passion, they weren't excited about the person, they lost the attraction to the person. But this is all based off of the fact that they felt bored. So when you have a nervous system that is traumatized and is saturated in these highs and lows and is accustomed to a certain level of toxicity, then of course you're going to find peace to be boring. You're going to find healthy communication to be boring. You're going to feel a loss of spark when the person actually respects you, when they embody loyalty, commitment, and safety. There's a party that's going to be like, hey, I need to check out. I need to get out of here. Or I need to do something for that spark to come back, right? There's the self-sabotaging voice that enters into the room unbeknownst to us, right? So this is why this is a really big challenge in dating because most people aren't aware that they're doing this they don't realize that their dopamine receptors need a detox that the dating apps this swipe right swipe left culture that we're in this fast-paced movement towards connection quote-unquote is only training our bodies to not be able to hold depth slowness peace uh, stillness, and really those qualities of a relationship that are healthy, where there is kindness, where there is authenticity, where there is pace that isn't shaped by past wounds. So forming a new relationship with social media, but also our dopamine receptors, I think is really important if we're trying to step into empowering loving connections because what i shared is that you're not really going to you might feel it you might experience it but there's a part of your body that's not going to want to welcome that in because you're not getting that short-term hit of dopamine now with that shared i hope that's brought some insight into maybe some of the things that you are challenged with maybe some of the things that you've noticed maybe in your own relationship to yourself so now let's get into the method that i wanted to share with you so the way to understand this method is to realize that 
what you're looking for in partnership, whatever those deep burning desires you have for intimacy, love, connection, and safety, I want you to visualize that as finding a needle in a haystack. This is what you're doing. The haystack is the dating world, the modern day dating world. The needle is that love that is the manifestation of your heart's deepest desires. So how do you find a needle in a haystack? The answer is, is that you burn the haystack. You don't go digging through the hay to find this needle. You'll be there forever. You'll spend a lot of time just grabbing hay, touching hay, and that's all. But if you burn the haystack now, you have a 99% chance of finding the needle. So what does this mean for dating then? It's that in your relationships, in your connections, in your dating experiences, burning the haystack means that you actually do the opposite of what you're often told. So what people are often told is two things. One, make yourself available, right? Make yourself as appealable and attractive as possible to as many people as possible. And so dating becomes a numbers game. And so that means if I'm available to this person and we had this date and I went out on another date and I hung out with another person and we had a good time and I'm constantly making myself available, based on this information, the odds of you meeting a high quality match are much more higher. And that I found to not really be true. So the second thing is that we're also told to give everyone a chance. Give everyone some of your attention and time, right? Because you never know who you might meet. You never know who you might encounter, right? And so what I want to share with you is to not make yourself available in that way, to not give everyone a chance. It's to actually be very picky and discerning. And this is how you burn the haystack. So to be picky and discerning, you have to develop a method of active discernment. So active discernment isn't like, I'm just waiting for this person to show me that they're either toxic or healthy. But you're actively discerning, meaning that you're placing the connection or yourself in situations to actually see if this person is someone that you would like to create or nurture a connection with. And so how you do that is you want to do three things. The first one is get clear on what is your relationship vision. So your relationship vision, meaning what type of relationship do you want to call in? Two, what type of person do you want to attract? And three, what type of person do you want to become as a result of that relationship? Because that person that you're going to be with is going to be co-creating a future you. So what does that future you look like? Is it super embodied, super masculine, strong, protector? Is it soft, sensual in a forest with, you know, a beautiful cotton house or you're doing things in the world that you're super passionate about and excited? That all is impacted 
heavily on the person that you choose to spend your time with, the person that you commit to, right? So you want to get clear on these things. And then you want to get a better understanding of what your core values are. So interests are not going to lead to a prospering, loving relationship, shared interest. They're not. They're good to have, but they're not going to lead to a prospering, loving, long-term relationship. Core values are. So you want to get a better understanding of what those values are for yourself. Is it integrity? Is it family? Is it community? Maybe it's animal rights. Maybe you're vegan. What are the things about your lifestyle that are a reflection of your values, right? Maybe you're a person like me that goes to bed at 10 p.m. That is a reflection of the fact that I don't value being out late at night, drinking, partying. That's just not a part of my value system. So you want to get a better understanding of what those values are for yourself, if it's self-development, self-improvement, even your spiritual values. What are those? This is all going to essentially give you a clear image of what your relationship vision is what you see for yourself and a vision for your love life. And so once you have that, you can move on to the second thing, is that now you have a clear understanding of your expectations. You have a clear understanding of your desires and what you want out of love. So the next thing is that, this is going to be really hard, but this is how you burn the haystack. (laughs) What you want to do is that when you're on a date... When you're connecting with somebody for the first time, I want you to be very clear and upfront about your expectations, your values, your needs, your boundaries, and your desires. Most people try to shy away from communicating these things. And that's why I said earlier, those categories or those methods of approaching dating where you're trying to make yourself available, you're trying to make yourself not seem too picky aren't really conducive to the relationship that you're looking to call in, the relationship that you just envision from that first step. It's not. Because what's going to happen is over time, you're just communicating what you feel is going to help you maintain and secure that connection or that commitment or that person's attention. This is a recipe for a terrible relationship where you won't show up as your fullest and authentic self. Because the space from where you created that connection was when you abandoned your values, you minimized your expectations, and you lowered your standards on some level. Why would you want to walk into a relationship from that position? If you want to walk into an empowering one, you have to be bold. You have to feel empowered, and speak from that place of empowerment. So this doesn't mean you blast this person with all of your desires, your expectations, your needs within the first date. It means that you don't withhold or playing small in an interaction with somebody. What I'm doing is I'm gauging the connection, and based on where we're at, I reveal more. So there's a gradual revealing of my desires, my vision, right? I don't just give it, bam, straight here, this is what it is. That might be overwhelming for anybody to process. So what we do is there's a gradual revealing. But the intent is to reveal. The intent is to be clear, is to be direct, is to be transparent about my needs, my desires, and what I want 
from love, what I want from the relationship. That is my intent. That is my goal, to be as transparent as possible. Because this not only helps me weed out the unavailable, the people that aren't going to be a match for me, but this also helps me claim my desires, right? Because I hear this so often, people's like, wait, is, is that expecting too much? Maybe I'm doing too much here. Maybe I'm expecting more than I need to. Maybe I shouldn't share this with people. Maybe I should keep this to myself or wait till we're in a committed relationship to let them know. It's like, that is not going to work. That's not going to, that person, you've already trained them to expect you not to want this. You've already trained them to expect you to have lower standards of them. So not setting yourself up for a dynamic like that begins by you being very clear and upfront about what those standards and expectations are. So based on that person's reaction, you're like, oh, okay, that's, that tells me a lot, right? This is active discernment. You're actively discerning. You're not just waiting for fucking life to happen. And for this person to just show their true colors or for you to just find out, oh my God, that was that person that I needed to be with. You're actively, consciously, and intentionally creating a dynamic an environment where that information is revealed to you. That means that on the first date, if that person asks you, hey, what do you want from this connection? Or, you know, why are you single right now? What are you looking for? Don't say, oh, I'm just, I'm going with the flow. I'm just seeing where life takes me. Just going with the wind and that's just, you know, where I'm at right now. Knowing in your heart of hearts, you want to be married. You want three kids. You want to move to Portugal and be on a farmhouse. Like, if that's your vision, be upfront about it. Claim that. Don't shrink yourself. So if in a relationship, in a connection with somebody, and they've been dry texting you, texting you yes or no questions, hey, did your day go well? Yes, it did. Why are you minimizing your standards and your expectations? Be clear and upfront. Oh my God, I really, it, texting you feels like a chore. I don't find any value from texting. This connection isn't going where I expect it to go. And move on. Because what happens is that it takes, I believe, about 40 hours for us to really start to develop an emotional attachment to somebody. So that means 40 hours of quality time. I believe over 40 hours of quality time with that person. So before that's even happened, before those rose-colored lenses have come on, you are very much still in touch with your needs, your standards, your expectations, and those desires. Before you start to lose touch with them, and then you start to create a fantasy of who this person is, and maybe even start to buy into the image of who they portray themselves to be, before that happens, you are still in touch. You are still grounded. You are still very centered in just who you are and what you want. That is the perfect time to be clear, be upfront, and see where things align and be okay with the, where things don't, right? The third thing is that you want to equip yourself with certain questions that help you reveal uh, or help you see where those pieces align and where they don't. So 
one great question to ask is asking the person, where do they see themselves in the next three or five years? This will tell you a lot about their desires for the future, what they want to create, what they're actively creating. And this will help you gauge where does this align with my vision for the future? The second question you want to ask to get a better understanding of the person's values, their lifestyle, is how do you like to spend your days off? Or how do you like to spend your Saturdays? Or what is a perfect day for you? This will give you a gauge of what their interests are, what they like to do in their free time, what their values are, what their lifestyle choices are. This is going to give you a gauge of does this person's lifestyle kind of fit? Can it fit into mine, right? Is this something that I'm also into? Is there a connection here? Is there's a really strong misalignment? Maybe this person is like, yeah, I love to go out with my friends and we go to the bars and, uh, you know, we catch a, a party here and there. Or, um, you know, I like to be up till 1 a.m. doing this, this and that. You want to gauge how does that fit and align to your own lifestyle? So the third thing isn't really a question. It's actually a practice that I want to invite people to develop. And it's a practice of letting them into your inner world. So this is a gradual revealing of a, a, a depth of vulnerability about you. And so this isn't trauma dumping. This isn't emotional dumping. This isn't just, oh my God, this is all this shit that I went through. This is what happened in my last relationship and this is you know why i'm so traumatized and why i you know struggle with anxiety and all of these things this is not your you're, you're not going to be exploiting your inner child you're not going to be you know trying to put them in a position to uh pity you or jump out of their bodies to soothe you so that really doesn't work it just makes sure you look like a emotional wreck so the gradual revealing of your inner world means that in moments where there's an opportunity to share with them something vulnerable, something about your life that can invite some level of empathy, compassion, understanding, or curiosity. So these are things that you want to gauge within a partner, of course. You want to know that they can empathize with your pain. They can be compassionate towards your younger selves and the things that you've gone through. And you want to know that they're understanding that they can validate your experiences on some level. So you want to gauge that, right? You want to gauge that. But how do you do that without being emotionally overwhelming to somebody, right? Without emotionally or trauma dumping onto somebody. So what you want to do is think about situations that are vulnerable for you to share, but they're not too vulnerable. For example, you could have a relationship with your mom right now. Let's say this is Christmas time and you have to go see your parents next week. You can share, I'm going to be seeing my parents next week. This is a really difficult time for me usually because, you know, um, me and my mom or me and my dad don't really have the best relationship, right? And so that is a gradual, you feel how that's not like, I'm not dumping anything, I'm not overwhelming the person i'm not even overwhelming my own body i'm just sharing something that is on some level vulnerable thing to share and i'm bringing that person into my inner world now how they respond right if they respond with curiosity oh what's happened in that relationship with your mother or i can relate i have a difficult relationship with my own mother 
these are ways in which you can dance in this territory, this terrain of vulnerability where you're gauging different layers of intimacy with that person that you can explore it based on their responses. But it's created by your active participation, right? So this means that you're intentionally choosing what are some things that I can share with them that are near and dear to me, but in a way that are, aren't also me dumping or overloading my own nervous system and theirs as well. Right, So I want you to think about these things. Maybe that's your relationship with your family. Maybe it's your relationship to work. Maybe it's you're at a crossroads in your relationship to purpose, right? Sharing these things are vulnerable, but they're not overwhelming. They don't initially overwhelm somebody, but they're great ways to invite somebody into your world and see how they walk towards you, see how they meet you. This is how you burn the haystack. All these these three things that I've just shared with you is how you burn the haystack. One, you get very clear on what is your relationship vision. Two, make a commitment to yourself to be transparent, to be honest, to be clear about your intentions, what you want from the connection, what you want in your relationship your values, your standards. Be clear about that and stand on business because a lot of people share these things and then they kind of, you know, start negotiating. They kind of bounce back between, well, I did want that, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, I wasn't really, that, that was, that's not something that I really, really want. It's not that important. Like you're not standing on business. So if you, that second piece is very important but it really only works when you stand on business. Meaning that if that person doesn't meet you there or those things don't align, part of standing on business is looking at that connection and essentially adjusting your time, attention, and energy, right? The investment of your time, attention, and energy. So that might look like, okay, like I'm definitely going to dial this down a little bit. I'm not going to spend as much time with that person. I'll try to amplify that shit so you can try to convince them that they need to be committed to you or they need to be excited about this connection with you or their values need to match with your own. Stop that. Stay in your body, move forward, adjust, and lean into the connections that do align, right? Invest in those. So, and be okay with the ones that don't. And of course, the third thing, actively discern, ask questions. Uh, but also place the person in situations where they have to embody the depth, the compassion, the empathy, and the understanding that you're looking for from a partner, right? This is how you gauge emotionally unavailable people, right? This is how you see how emotionally available the person is. Rather than waiting seven months, 10 months into the situation shift and being like, oh my God, I've found another emotionally unavailable partner. These are the moments where you get to practice that before that emotional attachment has uh, seeped its way into your perception and fogged your lenses and you can't really see clearly anymore. So I hope that was helpful. And if you learned anything new and if you gained some insights, I highly advise to apply what you've learned, especially if you're dating right now, apply what you've took away from this episode to your dating life 
and yeah, journal on anything that resonated with you and that you took away from this. And also feel free to share that with me and also feel free to share this episode with anyone that you feel might find some value from it as well. All right. So last thing is this is a process that is long winded and does take time to understand and process because there's so many emotional blockages that lead us not to do these things, not to stand on business and embody these things in our relationships. So right now we are currently enrolling for our eight week group program, Transforming Love, where I'm going to not only teach you how to do these things, but help you expand your capacities for love and intimacy because your nervous system and your inner narratives your personal narratives are the gatekeepers to your love life so if you're not working with those you're not expanding those capacities everything that you walk into in terms of love and connection is going to look just like the past it's going to look like the familiar and the old so in this program we're supporting you and giving the tools and the strategies to transform your relationship with yourself and expand those capacities for love care and deep intimacy so if this is something that you are needing support with and you want to be a part of a group of like-minded single people that are also doing this work message me to heal the number two and the word heal on instagram and i will send you all of the exciting details about how you can learn more and about how you can be a part of this group so we're beginning on january 14th so i'd love to see you there And thank you again so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope you have an amazing day and a wonderful evening. I'll see you on the next one. Peace.